More than half a year ago, three friends were given the false impression no podcasts about Fringe existed. These men probably started their own podcast recorded in the safety of their own homes. Today, still releasing episodes, they thrive with minor downloads. If you're bored and have nothing else to do, and if you find this, maybe you can listen to Four Seasons and a Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Entirely with the hype. I apologize if I insinuated Four Seasons in a Funeral is filmed in our own homes by ourselves. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Four Seasons in a Funeral. My name is David. Joining me are Charlie and Nick. Hi, I'm Charlie. And hi, I'm Nick. <laughs> oh shit, we didn't do our usual uh, <laughs> intro outro post. Oh, um, nothing bad could happen here, right? This is, this that's is fine. a special that's episode. Yeah. Welcome to uh, season one, episode 21 of Four Seasons in a Funeral. Uh, today we're doing a sort of recap episode of the first season of Fringe, where we're going to talk about our general thoughts of the season. Uh, basically themes and plots that were running throughout of it, as well as some of the extra material that was included in the DVD, and also that was uh, posted by Fox as part of the marketing for the season when it first aired. All right. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that special intro for this <laughs> this episode as well. Did you like go on a YouTube trip, find an A-Team clip, and went, oh my god, I know what to do? Um, I did, listen, I started knowing that I wanted to do an A-Team reference. <laughs> Thank you very much. Started with it and then built this out of it. Yes, of course. Uh, so so how, much, how much did that cost compared to uh, the uh, Fringe's pilot, do you think, David? Oh, God, uh, but, uh, nothing compared to Fringe's pilot, which we found today. So it was today. $10 million cheaper. <laughs> It was $10 million. Christ yeah, almighty. We started watching some of the special features earlier. We did a nice little watch party of it. And the entire D- like DVD episode, like the DVD one, um, all of the special features were just the pilot. And that was justified because that pilot, as we've now learned, was essentially a movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they talk about it and they're like, this is going to be a two hour pilot. We're going to make it more like a movie instead of a TV show. So that if it doesn't get picked up by anyone, then at least we still made something like big and fair. Um, yeah, it, it was it, it was definitely like it was definitely a great episode. And after watching all the special features associated with it, I have even more respect for it now because there was a lot yeah. of CG in that episode than I expected. Uh, yeah. Do we want to do Do we want to do special features first, and then we can run through the season? Yeah, yeah I think sounds good. good. Yeah, so. Just the the first one we watched was the massive undertaking for the pilot episode. And oh my god, was that an impressive amount. I I think even just for a television pilot, that was a crazy amount of work. The the skin melting people, apparently that was all done as hyper real body paint. And like and they, they essentially just, like, well, they made yeah, they made like temporary tattoos and then put the fake ice gelatin whatever over it to simulate like the melting translucent skin no that was the the fake ice was for jello bus no they used they, the fake ice again uh for that as well no there's a sh- i think they, they no, said there's they a, used actual jello for goo there's a short shot where they see it's labeled fake ice in yes. the bucket. okay they did yeah. use fake it's ice. the same kind of thing and before we yeah. get away from it also that theme music was flashed by david sedensky and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 3.0 international license. 
just if, just in case I forget in the edit. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, yeah. Thank you for covering our bases there, David. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, they. I didn't realize. Um, I knew it looked really, really good, and thought a lot of the the melting faces was going to be CG. Didn't realize that half or three, like three quarters, two thirds, however you want to split it, was actual like makeup special effects and then they just did a cg comp over top to do like oh the skin pulling away or the jaw on the one guy falling off um, it even insane without, amount of work well like even without the cg additions they it looks so realistic like yeah just behind the, just the shots makeup. of it oh my gosh like i think the only reason they had to bring in cg stuff was for the effect like the jaw falling off or to make sure that like when their heart beats, you would see that. Like it's all the actual stuff you can't paint yep. is all they animated. Which which um, other incredible thing out of this, um, the the whole John Scott being like put on like you know having being like affected by this for in a coma. Oh, yeah, we uh, in the episode really thought that that was just a realistic looking dummy. Um, yeah. No, it's actually just the actor under lots of makeup, and then they put some CGI over him as well. Yeah. The, the man <laughs> was just... like that for multiple days. Yeah, my 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 notes is Mark Valley, who played John Scott, pulled a saw in <laughs> that the original saw had that big name actor, and for such a small production, and he just laid in a pool of blood yep. for weeks while they filmed. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Like... Wait, I mean, huge amount of respect towards him. Hey, I know we shit on him the entire. We shit on his character oh, yeah. the entire time. Oh yeah, because we don't like but, his character. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's a actor. shot at the writing staff. Writing staff, not you, Mark Valley. You're a no. gem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that still pales in comparison to the most shocking reveal we found out from watching that, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is that the St. Clair's Hospital is, uh, or the outside of it. Was, no, and the inside. And the inside. Just St. Clair's Hospital for the pilot was um, in a small town called Guelph. Well, no. That... As, as, as they said in the actual thing, uh, <laughs> it was from Guelph, Toronto, Ontario. The Guelph Correctional uh, Facility in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, because as we all know, painful. those are the same. As we all know, Guelph is in Toronto. Yes. yes. Guelph isn't even GTA. I don't understand. There's for... like three major cities between Guelph and Toronto. <laughs> cities uh majors I mean, majors a big word when i really well, consider toronto saga's to in the city. way yes saga is the sixth largest city in canada thank you very I, much that's fair uh, <laughs> i was talking about like kw too like oh kw on yeah. the other side <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh but no we are forgetting <laughs> uh real specific about gta <laughs> yeah that's so great we're talking ourselves the, right the now the point is we all three of us met at university in Guelph and did not know that Fringe filmed here. Yes. <laughs> and that we were a five minute drive away from St. Clair's Asylum while we were at Guelph. Well, we've gotta um, we've gotta go and make a pilgrimage out there to take some photos <laughs> yep. is what we've gotta do. Of really the show that ended seven years ago. <laughs> and not get arrested like those other people for te- trespassing when we googled this. <laughs> <laughs> just crazy i i I think my favorite thing was when we were talking about this pilot as well or i'm just like hey guys look it's the rom and it's this and you want to know what all of us missed (laughs) hey look it's the city that we all met in (laughs) 
<laughs> but they just say it so casually. They're like, "Yeah, we found this really good abandoned correctional facility in a in a town called Guelph, and then Toronto had a bad snowstorm." We're like, "Whoa, hold on, back up." <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it really, it really um, halted our process of watching that because we had to pause it and then just spend thirty minutes googling. <laughs> yeah, like. We we spent through most of those special features in like probably forty five minutes to an hour, but we spent I think forty five minutes to an hour on that first one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just losing was, our minds. That was insane. And also watching all this stuff, the entire cast and crew was fully convinced that they were going to move to Canada because oh, it was cheaper financially to film in Toronto and do all the stuff in Toronto because. Uh, Canada has pretty good tax breaks for filming stuff. I know BC does a lot out there. Hmm. Um, but then in one of them, they're like, yeah. And then New York brought in the 35% cut and uh, we got to film in New York now. And we're all like, they were so close. <laughs> it was so close. We could have had fringe. <laughs> we could have gone on a walking it. tour of fringe landmarks in Toronto. Think about how many more things there would have been in like Guelph. Like how many more fringe events there probably would have been. Uh, I I don't <laughs> doubt that huge segments of fringe would have been filmed on Guelph campus because there's a bunch of old buildings there that could have very easily served as Walter's lab. And there's always cows on campus. And it would have been, always. And it would have been significantly cheaper than trying to film at U of T. Uh, let's just go yeah, there. Yes. Than any of the uh, Toronto-based UFT, universities. Maybe York University would have been cool with it, but U of T and Ryan uh, they probably would have done. They probably would have done Waterloo, if anything. Yeah. Waterloo would have also worked. But, like, yeah. the cow. Yeah. We, we, you know, you never know. But the cows. Oh, my God. They're going to know we're Guelph students now if we keep talking about the cows. <laughs> Good job speaking to every stereotype <laughs> of a Guelph student. Don't Man. worry about it. Oh, um, but, yeah. And then uh, the plane that they filmed in for the pilot episode, they built a plane set. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Specifically for that, the amount of work that they're just going through, and they're like, "Oh yeah, so we built a plane set, and we like rigged it so we could jerk the stewardess like up to the ceiling and then back down without like making it seem like it was real." And they got the timing really well on that. And then it's like, yeah, for the exterior shot, um, we rented a plane uh, from the U.S. government and were terrified for a couple of days because it was used for troop deployment. So at any point, more troops could have been called to Iraq, and we would have lost the plane. I'm like, what the hell? What is this filming? I was it's a just cool plane. The entire time, I was just going, "How much money did they spend? How much <laughs> money did they spend?" And halfway through, I had to Google. That's where we found out it cost ten million dollars. And hey, David, how many people watched the first the, the pilot episode of Fringe? Would it premiere? Uh, well, first of all, apparently it got leaked online three months before it was supposed to air. So that's a not a great look. How does yeah. that happen? How does that and, happen in 2008? <laughs> and then um, it ended up only uh, getting uh, 9.6 million viewers in its premiere spot. So it cost just over a dollar US for every premiere viewer that they had. Yep. Yep. Which is... Uh, I'm glad that they got, you know, additional episodes. It kind of feels like maybe there's a sunk cost fallacy. Like, you know, you put in $10 million <laughs> for a pilot, and all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, I guess we're doing a season to make some of this money back. Fox uh, is like, ah, shit, we have to finance them now. Yep. Goddamn, um, they did such a good job, but they used so much of our money. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy 
um, them talking about because 2008 was a hell of a winter up here. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how they're filming and the guy who plays Charlie, his lips froze on the runway doing the plane shot. And they're like trying to do all these scenes and it's like we have to stop every two hours because they're afraid that the cast is going to get frostbite because yep. they're not bundled up enough. And it's like, oh, it's negative 27 with the wind chill. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Morrissey had a great line uh, about how when they first got off the plane, so one of the Canadian natives <laughs> told him like, oh, it's really cold out there, eh? And he's just like, yeah, when the natives are telling you it's cold, you know, something's wrong. <laughs> Uh, and they were talking because the the one car chase at the end of the pilot when John Scott's car flips, um, they did the behind the scenes on that. And they're like, yeah, it there was a blizzard the day before. And so the guy had to be extra safe on doing his runs because there was no traction on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really good, but it's also just a dude deliberately ramping and flipping a car over. Yeah, because like that. Yeah, which was because that's the only option back then. You, yeah. you, you can't do it by wire. So, uh. and I really like how they also mentioned, yeah, no, we got a second car in case we had to do it again. Yeah, uh, in case we fucked up and had to. This dude's family was on set. He said a prayer beforehand. Totally safe. <laughs> <laughs> Why is his family there? Uh, that means he's a Canadian native as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was like, hey, want to come see me at work, kids? Like, this was just like the grade nine take your kid to work day thing. <laughs> <laughs> just in case this is my last day ever. <laughs> come take a look. We'll pull you out of school for today. Come watch your dad also, crash a car in a horrific manner. <laughs> also, thinking back, because they also showed the the pyrotechnics filming for the um, like the U-Haul storage facility oh, yep, explosion yep. yep which i didn't realize was going to be that practical because it, it looks like they just blew up a whole bunch of storage containers yep and um <laughs> and i think it feels because when you watch the episode you're like oh, okay cool cg explosions and i think they made that shot worse in editing because they added all this fake camera shake and their angles look weird the behind the scenes shot of just like the uh just the uh double. what are they called tripod a shot just of her being wrenched back looked really cool yes with yeah the explosions which is i think they should have just left it to something like that not like the like the handheld I, cam shot yeah i don't think you need the the fake camera shake when the explosions go off when the explosions are that enormous and that real like no you don't yeah. need that yeah, there were, like, the other thing that I learned from that pilot was there were a lot of shots that they essentially had, like, it was one shot was how many they really got. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, don't really don't fuck this up. It was crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, for the, um, the Jello bus, oh my god, the extras on this show get fucked over. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't even get FaceTime because they get you to lie down. And they cover you in this fake ice jello thing. And it's just like, hey, we're going to leave a bit of your mouth and maybe your nose open. So you can breathe. That must wreak havoc on your pores. Like, Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you shower that shit off? Don't worry about like, it. Oh. Um, your entire the... paycheck for that day goes <laughs> to just soap. 
somehow the most mundane behind the scenes was for the eye removal where they have to take a picture of the woman's eye to find yep. out how she died and it was just like yeah we made a head mold of her um Which, super realistic head mold like <laughs> yeah like i wanted to see the plaster process because i've seen stuff like it for the matrix behind the scenes with um oh god what's his name the guy who does um agent smith oh uh it, it's gonna kill me i'm not even gonna look it up um <laughs> But because they had a whole bunch Hugo of dummy heads. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Thank you. Uh, they have a whole bunch of plaster molds for him in the final movie because they had some actors like actual doubles approximately his height and they put masks on. And then for a lot of the other ones, they got mannequin heads, put the mask over and then rigged them so that they could like remote control turn the heads as people walk by. <laughs> oh, boy. To save time, but I wanted to see that process. But they're like, "Yeah, no, we just made a plaster, made an eye. You can pull the eye out. We shone a light on it. And that's how no we big did deal. It. That's yeah, just what MPD. we do. Let's move on." <laughs> like these, these poor, like, and they're talking about like you know, oh, like you know, this process probably took us like a day. This process took us like yeah. most of a week. And you're like, oh man, that was a lot of effort that they put in from like maybe thirty seconds of screen time. Like you feel yeah. really bad. <laughs> Just the dedication to that makeup team and that props team. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah, They're... for like literally minutes of uh, of on screen time. Yep, and then those props are just around. There's not a lot yeah. you can do with them after that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this stuff is single use. Mm-hmm. It just the effort they put in is mind boggling. Yep, uh, the casting extra was actually really interesting oh, to watch casting too. extra was hilarious that was because <laughs> that's when we found out that anna torv and sean noble are australian listen i knew they were both I th- well to be fair i thought anna torv was actually <laughs> from new zealand but yeah she was I had, like australasia i had no idea and she started speaking and i was like what and then sean noble started speaking and i lost my mind <laughs> just me shouting what accent what accent is that <laughs> There's, You're uh, so upset. Uh, <laughs> I just don't a... like it when people reveal they have an accent because I cannot do a fake accent to save my life. The fact that people could do it so well bothers me. I'm so <laughs> jealous. There's um, that really good gag reel where Peter and Walter are the forest and the flashlight goes out because the batteries died. And John Noble keeps following the line. He's like, the batteries are flat. And Joshua Jackson's like, no, this is America. They're dead. Do it again. <laughs> he says again. He's like, like nope, America, times. dead. Go again. <laughs> and it's so good. And what I'll say, so the only one, like Joshua Jackson, you hear him speak, and it's like, okay, he didn't actually put on an accent for the show or anything like that. <laughs> but... Oh, it's but that's because he's Canadian as yeah. well. <laughs> well, there's also the good scene where um, Bob Orsi's interviewing him for his production diary. And or Roberto Orsi, he calls himself Bob. I'll call him Bob. We're friends. Um, <laughs> I watched. And, I watched his production diary. We're friends yeah. now. And he's like doing a. It, it felt out of place because he's basically just interviewing Joshua Jackson. And it was like, so Joshua, like, you ready to like completely uproot your life and move to Canada? Like, that's got to suck. And Joshua Jackson's like, well, for most Canadians, moving back to Canada isn't a bad thing. And Orsi's like, oh my god, you're Canadian. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke or if he honestly didn't realize. I think he honestly did not know.
But yeah, yeah, just every time they talked about moving to Canada to film the rest of the show, we would get sad. Yeah, we're like, oh, that would have been so cool. Because <laughs> um, they mentioned it so much in all of those uh, season, or all of the episode one stuff. All the pilot yeah. stuff. Also, can we also talk about how um, Lance Reddick initially um, auditioned for Charlie Francis and how... Um, Charlie originally, we, or Kirk, originally auditioned for Peter's role? Yeah, for yeah. Peter's role. <laughs> Which that, would have been an interesting <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> well, the, I like the Lance Reddick one because he's like, I went in to read for Charlie. I really wanted to read for Broyles. And a woman came up to me and said, are you reading for Broyles? And I said, no, I'm reading for Charlie. And she's like, ah, oh, that's a shame. And then he came back and read for Broyles. And <laughs> just for us, it's because he's been in that role for so long that you're like, yeah, he's Broyles. But for them, I think even then they were like, no, 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 you're Broyles. And then the the Charlie one, the Kirk one, I guess, was really funny because he's like, yeah, my agent gave me a call to go read for this one show where a plane crashes on an island and I turned him down. <laughs> it turns <laughs> out he passed, up, he passed up an audition for Lost. <laughs> and then JJ went, fuck, I really want him on one of my shows. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like yeah. So when they told me this time, I just, I just, I just showed up. <laughs> didn't even, didn't even listen to what they were doing. It was like fucking. Yeah, he read for Peter, and then they're like, "No, you're Charlie Francis," and he went, "Okay." Well, no, they were like, "Well, we just lost our Charlie Francis. He's now broiled." So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want to know uh, who, like, what their full list of uh, actors and actresses that auditioned for roles was. I think that'd be uh, fascinating yeah. to know. I want to know who else read for Walter, because John Noble said, like, oh, there was concern that I was too young for the role. I want to know how much older they went and who's on that list. And also, can we, like, fucking, even Walter's, like, even John Noble's reading for Walter is just... Like, on point. Just John it's Noble so being good. such a good actor. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I think we're skipping over... Uh, one of the most controversial castings of the entire show, and that is of Gene the Cow. Ah. <laughs> Where they went through three cows. Well, the first cow, as as we have now learned, the first cow that they got was not the kind of... They, they wanted a different kind of cow. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the writers put down a specific breed of cow and went, oh, we're not married to that. We just like the way that that breed's name sounded. And it turns out that breed of cow has horns and yes. is very ugly and feisty. It's, it's a Watusi. They they have some some big horns. Yeah. Or a, and a, so a then they Watusi. <laughs> and then they went back and got like a traditional dairy cow. And that original one was Pansy, who was Canadian. So when they moved production to New York, they couldn't bring Pansy with them. <laughs> they had to get a different cow. And we did get some great casting scenes of of Pansy the cow just absolutely <laughs> fucking up a couple scenes, just licking Astrid's hair, or like nudging Walter a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and John Noble doesn't even break character for that stuff. He's John just Noble happy. Is like, hey, cool, I got a cow. I enjoyed um also uh, Anator was just casual mention of like, oh yeah, the cow hasn't had a kid yet, so it's just a heifer. <laughs> Which isn't, I feel like that's not super common knowledge. <laughs> Nick's comment was that's because she's Australian. <laughs> yeah, this makes no sense. Listen, I'm standing by it. I don't know why, but I am. Are, are bovine native to Australia or were they brought over? 
so honestly, I think I was still going off of my New Zealander thing, considering how much fucking milk New Zealand exports. Um, okay, but yeah, that's fair. But even <laughs> then, I, I don't know. It just that threw me when you were like, yeah, she's Australian. Hey, man, um, we're going to go to Australia and we're going to ask and they're all going to know. <laughs> All right, if we ever get invited to Australia, we'll do it. We'll do a YouTube interview thing where we stop people on the street and go, "Hey, what's the name of a cow that hasn't had uh, hasn't given birth yet?" And they'll go, "Who are you? Why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> How did you get into our country? This is quarantine. Why are you here? <laughs> You're foreign. Why are you here?" Listen, there are seven breeds of dairy cows in Australia. My God! Now, is, is, there's one of them is called the Aussie Red. Um, there's okay. the Illawarra, which this is not our cow yeah, podcast. No. <laughs> this is way, way off topic. Right. Um, that's also not our podcast. Hey, Twitter! Uh, if we get to a thousand followers, we'll do a special episode that's just about cows. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> And it won't even be us. We'll find people that are way more interested in cows to to do it. (laughs) And we'll have them on and we'll say like three words each. So, uh, yeah. Get us us to that thousand followers. It'll never happen. I don't believe in you guys. (laughs) Don't make me go make Twitter bots, David. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nick's Uh, just raised the challenge to (laughs) 10,000. Uh, and then my last note for the special features, at least, was, oh, my God, that was a lot of makeup and effort for the transformation into uh, Sanic the Hedgeman. Oh, yeah. The yes. uh, in the transformation episode with the uh, porcupine man. Or as they called it, Porcuman. Which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> one one special effects guy was like, yeah, he's got quills like a what was it? He what said called it? A porky- no, he called it a porcupine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's Sorry, a lot there's of porcu- um, porcupine. Interesting pronunciations of words coming right. from some of the people. Sorry. Especially because some of them said frange. Some of them genuinely said frange. Which is crazy. It was, it was great. started out as a stupid joke, one of those episodes. Frange. <laughs> Listen, they're yeah, the, for they, that... they, they, they made the show. They know how to na- pronounce it properly. We're the, we're the people that have been saying it wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But they said for just that, like the cold open alone, it was four different denture sets, about five or six different face molds, a back mold, and a whole bunch of spines. For, I think they even, I don't even think we see his face with the quills coming through. I don't remember. They may have but, actually cut that scene. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, each of these took like, a day to a week to produce and i'm like you spent like two weeks for a 30 second scene oh my god thank you for caring yeah i can't imagine how trash that would have looked if it was all cg i've learned exactly how much like it's got to be such a disappointing job as well like working like working in these like special effects and like like the makeup and things like that because yeah you 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 spend you know Oh yeah, this was my work week. I got thirty seconds of screen time because of it. Uh, I think yeah, I think uh, VFX or even just any special effects department um, 
and stunt actors have the lowest amount of effort to screen time of anyone. Well, no, lowest amount of screen time to effort. Other way. Yeah, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Um, Because, like, how many, like... They they had the shots of Anator stunt double in the in the pilot like jumping down buildings on wire and stuff, but she's still basically doing uh, a decelerated fall onto a dumpster. And it's like, how many times did she do that in the blistering cold? I and so much fucking more. And like it's it's a shot for like maybe two seconds. Maybe and two seconds. Even plot wise, she doesn't end up getting the guy. Like Peter shows up and clocks the dude in the face. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, just throw yourself off this building. Don't worry, our harness will catch you. <laughs> Give oh. them an Oscar category. <laughs> Emmy. My God. Emmy. All the category. Egot? You just want them to get an Egot for fringe? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying give stunt people. Oh, oh, yeah, have. yes, yes, they should 100% have. I, oh. <laughs> they do. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. Uh, well, we, we appreciate people have it so you, stunt people. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, any other special features we want to highlight or talk about? Uh, the real science behind Fringe. <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean? You mean you want to highlight how uh, painstakingly accurate they were to science? The entire oh. special feature is them going, well, episode someone by episode, <laughs> just episode. Well, you know, we we read a paper where, um, you know, someone posited that there's just empty space between particles, so in theory you could go through it so we just did that and yeah it's grounded in real science i'm like okay okay you got me that that's reasonable and then they're like oh yeah well there's these things called retroviruses which rewrite parts of your dna so yeah that's why he's a porky man and that's totally plausible <laughs> that one was incredible uh i'm like what the fuck are you talking about they just kept stretching it so much and then, oh, my, my favorite one was with, the microwave um, one. Uh, no, my favorite thing is the shark one, where they're like, yeah, so sharks have this uh, ability <laughs> to communicate with each other through uh, electromagnetism. So we decided to p- pull that forward and just apply it to humans. Yeah. <laughs> no, even on that same vein, they're like, oh, well, that helmet that like reads your mind, U.S. Army's trying to work on this right now. Yeah, trying to work on it. Yep. Um, but also the microwave one, where they're like, Hey man, um, you want to know how microwaves work? You you just gotta like excite the particles in there and make them move. So we just made a human do that. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, they're like heat's just heat's just pe- uh, particles moving. So if you can move that with your mind, you can be a pyrokinetic. And like, yeah, totally plausible. <laughs> the entire woman getting sick and her head popping apparently just started because JJ wanted a head blowing up in the trailer. Which is incredible. I love that they made the an season entire teaser. episode. <laughs> they needed the justification for it in universe. <laughs> They're just like, oh, I don't know, microwaves. It's like, listen, we uh, need a head exploding and I want it to explode, not just get shot with a high caliber, high caliber bullet. Yeah. It's like, okay, she has an autoimmune disease and it cooks her brain, so it pops. I 
guess. It's just like, to what extent do you, could they get away with that? I think I had the joke <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, so there's these creatures that can fly through the air called birds. Yeah. <laughs> and we decided to apply that to humans. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch, but you know, it's just the natural extreme. Totally possible. <laughs> we, we took this to an extreme, yeah, but like people are really researching this. <laughs> so what, I will, what I will give them credit for is I do not have that imagination. I would like if they if they brought this like if they were telling me to do this, I would not be able to come up with the shit that they came up with because they'd be like, "All right, uh, I'm taking this way too stupid now." Uh, so, like, really good on them for the imagination. Uh, no, but they they took it to stupid, yes. and then people went, "Good job, you're a genius," because they came up with fucking Porcuman. Porcuman. I think I could do that. No, I'm David, pretty confident. we have done this. I'm pretty confident in my ability to come up with dumb sci-fi. All right, David, <laughs> just lay it on me. Lay, it, lay on the best dumb sci-fi you got right uh, now. Well, give me a starting point, we'll say. Um, uh, lizard, no, Spider-Man already did that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's comic book, like, oh, lizards can regrow limbs. Let me inject myself with lizard DNA. Whoops, I'm a supervillain. All right, David, <laughs> your starting point is jellyfish. So jellyfish don't have brains or a heart or anything. Because so they're the they science advisors for this show. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, don't insult them like that. What we do is we take a jellyfish's ability to shock people and we apply that to humans. And so we have people who get jellyfish shocking tentacles that grow out from their hair follicles, <laughs> and they get jellyfish tentacle hair. Oh, and when they touch anyone, it stings them? Yeah, but it's so, all of the hair on their body. So, David, I'm really glad that you started off with, hey, jellyfish don't have a heart, a brain, and then you're like, but tentacles. <laughs> but tentacles? I think, I, I think that's him running through, like, what can I riff off of? What can I riff off Fair. of? That is how my Because I was going to yes. go, it'll be, you could do an entire episode where it's, hey, this el- elderly people have been disappearing all over the country. And someone's taken that jellyfish that can revert to infancy oh. and applied that to the elderly. Yeah, so it's, that's a you have crazy this, jellyfish. You have this whole episode where these old people are disappearing from homes and you find like this underground lab and stuff. Then you get the happy ending because they're just in like adoption agencies now as abandoned children because they reverted back to babies. But also they've lost all their memories. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're immortal, but they don't know it. Yes. Every time that they reach the end of their lifespan, they just lose all their memories and revert back to childhood. Uh, I think this... that could be a genuine episode of Fringe. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that one. I'm cool. That's with that just one. reminding me of that Civ game we played, Charlie, where uh, one of the Civs we were fighting found the Fountain of Youth, and I just kept calling them immortal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we conquered the Japanese. Uh, that was a good game. We should play Civ tomorrow. Anyways, yeah. back to Fringe. Yeah, uh, the special features just revealed um, any allusions to based in hard real science is generally really loose ties to theoretical science. Um, sometimes and, not even theoretical. Sometimes just yeah. made up. <laughs> um, and then um, the makeup and VFX teams uh, were amazing and worked super super hard and it shows yeah in most of the stuff they do oh also apparently there was a scientist who managed to recreate a rabbit's last like sight vision or something yeah in the 1800s well. which is apparently true and what 
But the way they phrase it in the thing is like, yeah, and a, a German scientist was able to actually pull the image from a rabbit. They neglect to mention it was in 1878. And there's been no advances in the field since. It's crazy. Why isn't anyone advancing that field of science? <laughs> Nick, I have a new master's thesis for you. No. No. It's about imaging. No. <laughs> David, I uh, work with the images, not on the imaging components. The uh, the I field is called optography. Okay. And I'll send you I'll send you the Wikipedia page so you can see the last image that he pulled from the rabbit. That's it there. What is that supposed to be? Uh, one of Wilhelm Kuhn's rabbit's optograms from 1878. The window the rabbit was facing appears to be the discernible image. That's ridiculous. Yeah. like Oh, this man. <laughs> like, I just love how they're like, yeah, it's totally true. A German scientist did it. <laughs> Two centuries ago. In... 18, not even the 80s, in the 1880s. Uh. Not even the 1880s, the 1870s. Oh no, sorry. What I'm reading right now is he was eager to demonstrate the technique in a human subject, and in 1880 got the opportunity. Uh. Yeah, there was also another guy who was... Um, oh no, it's because he did it on a guy who had been executed for murdering children like this entire thing is so weird oh Jesus. that's crazy also uh he found out that he couldn't do it on the human eye because the focal point was too small compared to like animals compared to a rabbit mm, it sounds like there should be more research done into this maybe i should go back to school <laughs> maybe i should go do a master's listen now you're gonna have to go and fucking find someone to do <laughs> All right, um, uh, so that pretty our... much covers up the special features. I guess we yeah. can go into the Walter's Lab Notes. I will warn people now, Walter's Lab Notes seem like there are some spoilers for future plot lines. So we're, we're going to kind of just rush over them, mainly because yeah. um, there are things in there that if you've seen the entire, se like the entire series, you kind of go, hmm, this feels like they brought this up later. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do that to David. I have some theories, but we hopefully these two won't actually, go too into it. Okay, so. David, what I, what I do want to hear is what are your theories? Because you're actually allowed to give theories. Um, yes, Charlie and I just aren't allowed to respond, and this is what I wanted out of all of this. Okay, so just a quick maybe spoiler warning. We'll toss that out there right <laughs> now. Uh, so the most interesting one was one that you highlighted, sort of Nick as well which is the walter's lab notes for episode five and episode five is the episode where um power hungry right the yes. one where uh, the man gets the electricity powers and so it's essentially walter sort of talking about um the man who had his sort of special powers created and it's how, how did that man react to his new powers and there's an interesting line that is in the third paragraph that's charge them indeed how fitting that the other Walter also meditated upon avian migratory patterns spooky 
which what we know now about the season finale and the multiple dimensions and uh, Belle sort of existing or currently existing in the other dimension. Um, it leads me to wonder about the other because we've already seen other universe people existing. We know that like Charlie and assumably Olivia exist in the other universe. Uh, because of the flashback or the deja vu episode where Olivia is seeing those uh, flashbacks to the other universe where she interacts with the other people uh, alternate reality versions which of course means that um, we can only assume Peter uh, Walter and uh, Belle all have alternate versions and so if ZFT the entire point of it is to fight against invaders from an alternate universe you can only imagine that the alternate universe peter or walter and bell must have come up with their own version of zft or their own sort of manifesto so the fact that walter here is referencing another walter it's interesting because then it speaks to some sort of relationship between the two walters like they must know of each other and if our walter knows that the other Walter was talking about AV and migratory patterns, then did they share research? Or... I I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. So there's definitely going to be... I think, like, ultra-universe versions of our characters are going to be very important in the upcoming seasons. That's what my theory is. Okay. We and I'm see. also still 100% on that Olivia driving... Uh, to the meeting with Belle where she almost gets T-boned by a car that was 100% a different version of Olivia dying in that moment which is probably how they're going to get around the other Olivia not being around in the other universe because she would have died in that car accident or something alright I have my theories and also my final theory that I always have is that Nina and Pearls are fucking but <laughs> that's besides the point oh man it's by far the most important theory here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my theory crafting. Uh, we can move on. Any other sort of uh, lab notes you guys want to highlight? From the Walter's lab notes? or Yeah, just in general from Walter's lab notes. Well, um, I do... Um, they're really well written. Yes. <laughs> like, there's, um, there's, there's the schizophrenic one, which is really interesting as well. Um, yeah um th that's the one with the equation and it alternates between paragraphs typed normally and then all caps ones that seem to be talking to himself where it's like walter's like oh the the equation is very complex and all this and then in all caps it's like you should have solved it yourself it is just mathematics a simple ma matter of calculation nothing more and it plays really well because in that episode he kind of reverts back to his old self and it seems like um like a angry sane version of himself is yelling at him it it, it was super super interesting to read mm -hmm. um i will also say the last like the episode 20 lab note um really really interesting as well uh because it's where we get walter finally like understanding that uh he didn't write the uh that he didn't write the manifesto uh and it's really cool because if you actually look at the 
uh, lab notes from when the manifesto is discovered until this lab note, they're written on a different typewriter and they're written on the typewriter that wrote the manifesto. And you can see because of the whys and you can tell that Walter uh. found it uh, and was then like trying to figure out if he'd written on this typewriter and solved it and was using it as, you know, writing, typing out these lab notes to help him like, right. figure out if he'd written the actual manifesto. And he discovers um, that, you know, the spacing of the keys was uh, too uncomfortable for him and it was far better suited to Belly's long fingers. So he's decided that, no, it was William Bell that must have written this. Uh, and we get an interesting, once again, religious side of Walter um, coming out, uh, talking about Jesus and Judas uh, for a little bit, um, followed by the last little Walter's lab note for this season, which I think is great. Um, last two paragraphs of it. The solution might very well be found in the lost chapter, but Barry Boom is a sad substitute for Frankenberry. I haven't recovered a, a single pathetic memory. A different sense then. <laughs> Auditory. William did enjoy listening to Robert Johnson while he worked, and especially while writing his notes. I prefer Chicago, but he insisted on Delta Blues. Perhaps if I play those old records, it will jar something loose. And it's just great to once again get the whole Walter trying to figure out what the fuck happened back in the day, and... Episode 20 also has a, uh, a cute, what we presume is a drawing from Peter as well, showing his dad and belly in the lab with a cow as well. Yeah. Yeah, oh, those, yeah. those I'm notes reading, are... I'm reading I definitely, episode nine, Oh, sorry, I'm reading episode 19. What the fuck? Sorry, okay. guys. Uh, oh. I've got there. That was episode <laughs> 19. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah. The, no, the lab notes are definitely worth a read. They're... A lot more enlightening once you know everything and um they were definitely i don't know when they were published but it must have been like middle of the season something like that because he references uh dashel kim two episodes before kim is brought up in the show yes um so it was either they already had those plot points kind of dangling and threw that in there or this was written just some of the themes that come up in it make it seem like um, they had a lot more either put together that far in advance or they were written a lot later and published after the fact. Hey, listeners, if you know more about this, shoot us an email at forsaf at gmail.com or tweet at, tweet at us at forsaf. Or just comment on like any of the places. And... Well, that's a little harder for me to find because I think I have to check those specifically. <laughs> so please email or tweet, actually. Use those ones first, please. <laughs> please. Um, or give us an iTunes review, five stars, and then tell us what you thought. <laughs> uh, my casual begging. <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, uh, season one was, was a really good season. Well, season one was a good season. Yeah, I won't say I really think, good. Uh, I think it was a really good season. If you just look at it sort of not as fringe, but just in general television, I think season one of fringe is a good season of television. Like a really good, yeah. just, I, I see, I, I struggle to say really good just cause there's so many episodes that fall flat and fall hard. For me, at least, mm -hmm. it's not consistent enough, and it seems to it picks up at the midway point. It really does. Uh, basically, as soon as they drop the John Scott storyline, and my note here is they move away for Olivia's character development. They move away from uh, Fringe took something from me to or took someone from me to Fringe did something to me, 
and it makes it more personal because they move away from, oh, this fringe science killed the man I loved to, oh, this fridge science ruined my childhood and experimented on me. Yes. And it, it makes it more of a, I guess, powerful driving force for her. It feels less weak because it is sort yeah. of playing into like uh, the put into a fridge trope of just like Olivia's doing this because of someone else rather than for herself. Yeah. and Which is always, I think, a weaker plot hook compared to yeah. the more personal one. Yeah. And I think that's when the show picks up is when they they make it more personal for Olivia and it's hey they injected you with chemicals as a child um and they're the same people they managed to tie together it's like they're the same people that John Scott was maybe working for or against who cares we we don't care about that storyline anymore cuz oh maybe he was an NSA agent you'll never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as soon as they as soon as they got away from like monster of the week to more this is a story arc everything starts to fit into place a little bit better because um, yeah, i would say season one is a good season season two is a really good season because season two oh, okay. doesn't really have as many hard points for me it doesn't have that many boundless anger <laughs> I'll, I'll say it that way it doesn't have so many episodes that i go this is stupid and i hate this episode <laughs> I'm I'm curious I'm curious to see because I I've recently I mentioned this to to Charlie and David I don't know if I've actually mentioned this to you uh, but I was trying to think back to how much of Fringe like I've seen and I know that I've seen um at, like season three and season four when it was airing and I saw uh, the first part of season five and then gave up on it so I can't wait to actually go and see the rest of season five that should be an interesting time. Um, and I've seen season one a couple times from either watching it with other people or just like watching it the first time myself. Uh, but season two is weird because I don't remember when I actually started watching Fringe when it was like airing. And I didn't have a way to watch season two um, before, like, you know, before uh, all of this. So uh, I don't know how much of season two I've actually seen. Um so, like, the problem is, is I, I still can't be spoiling things because I know, like, where the general show is going and things like that. But You just don't remember much of season two specifically. <laughs> I, there's going to be episodes in season two that I haven't seen, period. Um, oh, I know that's I've interesting. Seen the first, I know I've seen the first couple episodes, like, I think, like, the first two or three episodes. But I don't know much past that, how much of season two I've fully seen. Well, Charlie's definitely going to have the most uh, recent recollection of it then, though, because you just watched yeah. it, like half uh, a couple months ago with your uh, girlfriend right yeah we marathoned through everything up until season five and then we stopped because <laughs> season five is bad and you don't you're just gonna force yourself just, to watch it as many times as you have to just really immediately when, if and when we get to season five that we just do a watch party of it and that's how we do the episodes <laughs> We'll see. I so there's yeah. a podcast that I listen to that does uh, Friends recaps, essentially what we do, but for Friends. Mm-hmm. And they s- decided to do Joey after finishing Friends. And oh. the last, there's two seasons of Joey, and season two of Joey ended up being a watch party because that was the only way they could get through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have the, to. We're, we should at least do a watch party for the the series finale. Yes, definitely. I think that would be nice when we get there in a hundred or so episodes. If we get there, <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. I believe in us. Um, but no, I, I have very fond memories of season two. Um, but yeah, and then 
just my my notes for season one are basically uh john noble always steals a scene yeah fucking and never amazing <laughs> never drops a line anywhere it's always on point it's always in character it never feels like he phoned anything in just john um, noble being ridiculously good the entire season like, yeah he the rest of them the rest of them do an incredible job um like the rest of the actors do an incredible job but fucking jesus john noble like <laughs> he's he's on a different level from them the entire time like even for just the readings like the initial readings and things like you're watching the rest of them and you're like all right they're like they're figuring it out um you know this yeah, is the first reading john noble's audition is like oh man that's that's just walter that's you've, just you've done it walter. Yeah. you found it right off the bat <laughs> Yeah, because he's doing the the first meeting with Olivia, and he's still doing the hand ticks. Like he he had that character figured out. It seems from the script reading. And given and given how little supposedly they were given uh, of the actual yeah. like pilot, because they didn't want to leak it. Oh, that went so well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Turns out John Noble leaked the pilot episode three months early. John Noble. It's John Noble. John Noble <laughs> they, they had him. And they they're like, God damn, this is Walter. He's like, Hey, can I have the whole script? And they're like, Yep, sure. And he's like, All right, cool. <laughs> It's Peace. John Noble watching the episode one early and then going, man, I'm really good. Fuck, everyone should see this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, the episodes I like more, I said the episodes that shine use the weird fringe science as the vehicle, not the destination. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's sort whereas, of the, fr- it's the framing mechanism of the episode rather than the focus of the episode. Yeah, it should always be... Yeah, it should always be your driving force, never the objective. It should be your setting, I guess I should say. Yes. And they, they do that really well in some of our favorite episodes. I'm sure if you go back and look at them, the ones we don't like are the ones <clears throat> cold virus where the entire point of the episode yeah. is the fringe. Yeah. And sometimes it, it, it so those episodes can work is what I'll say, but it needs to be really, really solid fringe and it's a yeah. bigger risk uh during those episodes because when the fringe is fringe or sorry when the fringe is frange uh when the fringe, <laughs> <is> <laughs> when the fringe is frange the show is blanche all right um <laughs> uh and then sorry my last note is okay i still think either parts of episodes were spliced out of order or entire episodes were aired out of order purely on Peter's relationship with yes, some Olivia the, and his and Rachel and all that. Some oh. of the B plots are, uh, are yeah, split David, up. David, other, other question that I want to hear from you. Uh, what B plots do you think will move forward into season two? Oh, that's um, a good question. <laughs> ooh, okay. So I can only assume Rachel and Ella, like just as a B plot in general, we're going to get more of them. Okay. otherwise that makes no sense to cut them out after how much they were in this season um uh peter and olivia's relationship or shipping i can assume um uh i'm hoping they do peter's backstory more like we actually get to hear about big eddie and what was what peter why peter had to leave boston in the first place um uh b plots b plots b plots those are really the only ones i think i can think of off the top of the head maybe more charlie something more for charlie to do aside from just like showing up and helping out yeah um i think that's all the the kind of 
mystery yeah. stuff that's happening unless, right you, now unless you want to add in more fbi agents saying one line and getting brutally murdered that's not a b plot that's like the red shirt thing. <laughs> that's just that's an episode plot <laughs> Do you yeah. think that was JJ showing off being like, hey, I can write red shirts for Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do then sort of season uh, recap uh, thing. What was everyone's favorite episode of the season? Oh, that's a good question. Favorite episode? Um, yeah. Uh, Out of, on... so there were 20 episodes total. Oh, what was your favorite at... episode we... of the season? Yeah, pull up a second. Pull up a list uh, well, of them. Well, we, I can, we can run through quick quick things. So pilot episode. Um, pilot episode uh, was really good. Yeah, and plane, I have way more respect for it now. Yeah. <laughs> plane, plane arrives, people's flesh is melting off their bones. Um, new FBI, well, not new FBI agent. FBI agent Olivia Dunham is sucked into a world of fringe science and mystery as her partner slash lover, John Scott, is infected with the same thing, but he... His skin isn't melting. He's just slowly dying. She enlists the help of mad scientist in mental institution, Walter Bishop, um, to save him and then needs to get his son, Peter Bishop, and they form a ragtag group and they solve the thing. But John Scott ends up dying because Gasp, he's a double agent. Here is our plot hook for the rest of the show. Gasp, gasp. <laughs> uh, yeah, pilot's really good. Yep. Um, same old story probably i think we agreed had the freakiest cold open oh pregnant woman yep yep that uh, was a that was a fucked uh <laughs> of pregnant woman giving birth to old man baby because there's a guy who i guess offshoot of army experiment to grow soldiers in six years and to peak condition he always ages unless he gets their pituitary um gets a woman pregnant and she gives birth and it's an old man baby and he's dead too uh ghost network <laughs> is my favorite for meme quality in that it <laughs> never comes up ever again. Mainly Best it would fringe break... idea that never gets brought up again. But also, um, it would break a lot of fringe to have that in there. It, yeah, it would. That's, but... that's it was. <laughs> I think Ghost Network had a lot of cool imagery though, with all of the different art stuff he, the guy was doing. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a very interesting episode, uh, but would break a lot of the fringe stuff if they kept yeah. the actual Ghost Network in. So yes. Arrivals next, that's Introduction to the Observers, which is a long-running plot in the uh, entire show. And uh, definitely so... not our favorite meme from the from season one uh, with, <laughs> so now you've spotted the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not something we bring up constantly before it was going, oh, I see. So you, you finally learned. <laughs> it's taken uh, you three months to... what. <laughs> it's taken you three months to figure out what it took us five years. Time to read you in on this. <laughs> uh, Power Hungry, Joseph Migar, uh, first introduction to sort of the human experiments of giving people superpowers. It felt like Probably a really one of the short s- episode for some reason. I have no idea yeah, why. Yeah, incredibly <laughs> short episode that was missing. That's like <laughs> it, 30 it, minutes it, for like some reason. I saw reason. like 15 minutes of it. It was really weird. Probably, and, I think, the saddest quote unquote antagonist we've had. Or it's the uh, first one where it's uh, no, it, where it's Mr. he's Mr. Thighgrabber. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, the Cure <laughs> woman gets sick, so her brain explodes because JJ wanted a popped head in the trailer. In which we meet Mr. Jones, where we meet the amazing character of David Robert Jones. Oh my god. That one might be my favorite for David Robert Jones. You just love David I love Robert him. Jones. I love the actor so much. I'll rewatch yeah, but it's the also Robert Downey Par- Jr. Um, yes. Sherlock Holmes just for him. It's also a Heart Parasite episode, which is kind of Oh, a, yeah. Never mind. Ugh, about the fringe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the equation. Not the, the equation because of Britta. The equation. Britta, Britta tormenting a child. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't take it seriously because of Britta's torment. Britta really, tormenting a child. And really Britta- good episode, though, in general. Exactly the equation. Episode. Yeah. Uh, the dreamscape. Um, uh, that's Men's Flare City. Oh, that's creepy flowers. Or creepy butterfly episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, safe where uh, they have officially discovered how to go through matter. Um, yeah. The, the, the David this, would be, this would be the first episode to sort of introduce like the reoccurring concept from a previous episode, I think, where they directly reference the equation and the events of the equation. Yeah, yep. and we as get well David Robert Jones back. Robert uh, Jones as well, yeah. There's oh, fucking the, teleportation. Oh 10 out of 10 neck snap as well is this oh. episode. Yeah, yeah. That is a solid neck snap. Uh, I think safe might be my front runner right now. Oh, okay. That's uh, a very next fun is uh, Boundless Anger, which uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it as that. Uh, the first 15 minutes were good. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Olivia being in a fucking assassin and just breaking out of a place. But- like she's in a... In a uh, video or game like splinter cell or something listen up until one minute before the cold open it was a great episode uh, <laughs> it really was uh um, no brainer we'll leave uh, it at that <laughs> no brainer which is melty face um, uh start of paint a pony at least yeah yep yep um we also finally had uh olivia's home life getting fucked by fringe yep uh the transformation with porky man Yep. Porky Man, Sonic Unleashed. Yep. The um, first. <laughs> that one was actually really good just for the um, Peter Con Man stuff near the end of the episode. Yeah, has, that was good. Peter got to I do always... stuff. Yeah, a lot of this is Peter doesn't get to do stuff. There's a lot yeah. of episodes where it's like, God damn, John Noble's such a good actor. They had to give him screen time. And then Anator is your like main character. Strong, yeah. strong female main character and deserves a bunch of screen time. And then Peter just kind of gets dicked on. Uh, Joshua Jackson um, kind of gets dicked on. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, ability. Really, really, really good episode. Oh, ability is so good. Ability is now my choice. <laughs> Ability is so You've good. You've just choosing every David Robert Jones episode. I really like that actor. He's such a good bad guy actor. But yeah, Ability like, so is the threat of the face uh, gr- uh, covering over poison, skin growing poison. Yeah, that, oh, the fringe With... is good. The plot moving is good. David Robert Jones is good. He's so fucking sassy in that one. Yep. We get introduced to ZFT here as well. This is the ZFT episode. Yep. Oh, it we is. Also, well, we knew about ZFT before, but this is also where we learn of Olivia's ability. Da, da, da. Yeah. Uh, um, but that's also the one where he's like, oh, I also need to watch. Yours will do. Oh, this is the episode where he turns himself in and bro shouts at him from upstairs. <laughs> Jones! <laughs> Uh, uh, inner, child. inner Child, the episode we all forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. 
for such a popular episode, uh, we forgot about it. <laughs> oh man, it's a child uh, killer empath. Oh god, that this one's a weird episode too. It's a, it's a very strange on. episode and very very relevant episode, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we just talked more on that. After that is Unleashed, which is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> Starring the crocodile from, like, Sonic Teams. Starring <laughs> King K. Rule merged with Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Bad Dreams, genu- genuinely good episode. Advances the plot again. Olivia first, gets like fucking First episode written by Akiva Goldsman as well. The only Oscar winner in the Fringe Season 1 <laughs> writing staff. Which is probably why it's so good. It's such a good episode. Yep. Um, midnight, we get vampires. <laughs> <laughs> vampires <laughs> and the um, what, 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 what was her name? What was the her first name? Valerie, Valerie Boone, Valerie Boone. You turn May into June. Took <laughs> yeah. his name so he could use that. <laughs> I think also the first time we specifically asked David to cut a joke. Which I didn't. Yeah, good. <laughs> Which is uh, went live on the on the episode. Uh oh, what was that joke that we asked him to cut? It was uh, Charlie's uh, <laughs> terrible joke about her being a bad dancer. It was a bad dancer, and then we see that he's in a wheelchair, and I went, "Oh, that's why she's such a bad dancer." <laughs> mm. Yep. Uh, the road not taken, and I guess they should be considered. Um, kind of the same episode road not taken and there's more than one of everything really 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 good two-part season finale mm-hmm. um i thought i sorry you got the name of the last episode wrong it's there's always more than one of a thing <laughs> yes sorry, there's always more than one of a thing <laughs> all right that that's the fringe season finale <laughs> fringe season wan we finale didn't to do that <laughs> <laughs> What did I? What did I say? Um, we yeah, we didn't thunk to did that. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Oh. Okay, so out of those episodes, oh, um, um, ability. we were supposed to choose favorites. Hey, ability also, easily. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go with bad dreams. I thought bad dreams was fucking really? incredible. I think uh, I'm gonna have to go with equation. I think I loved the equation. That's fair. All, of, all three the of the Brita episode, really, really solid episode. The Brita episode, well, mostly because the equation was when we got to see Walter go back to St. Clair's and face that inner yeah. demon sort of situation, which I love. Fair, it was just, fair enough. Yeah, it was for the it was Bishop or John Noble acting his ass off. Yeah, for the John Noble performance alone, that's a good episode. Um, it does also introduce the the lights, which pop up in autumn out in the show. Not oh, even yes. just as Easter eggs, but just green, green, red. Yeah. Um, in actually, it comes back in um, Bad Dreams because that's how Walter slightly hypnotizes Olivia. His yep. entire thing to tap into her subconscious is green and red lights. Yep. yep. Exactly. Um, ability, I think, is just such a plot-moving episode. Introduces so much and is entertaining the entire way through. And I love that actor so much. He gets it. Um. Bad dreams just tied together so much of the season, like up until that point. Um, yeah, in introducing a new character, which is really incredible that they like they introduce this character who isn't incredibly like he's not the main new big bad guy or anything like that. Um, he's just you know 
a dude, uh, but he ties in so much. Uh, he he's so relevant to every single like episode that it's, previously what, occurred. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's what happened or anything like that. And there, it's I just that part of it that they're able to bring in a new character, tie him into everything, and not have you go. This feels contrived. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hey, what would have happened if Olivia a remembered the experiments and B didn't become law enforcement. Exactly. And it's basically, she turns into that. Yes. Um, no, I think we picked three very, very good episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, other important or other kind of interesting fact, uh, there was actually supposed to be, uh, there was an unaired episode of season one, which will show up in season two. So we will catch it. Uh, but uh, unearthed uh, will show up in season shows up in season two. Um, that was supposed to be episode 21 or not episode 21, but an episode in uh, season, one. Was, season one. It was supposed to be set in between episodes 10 or no, no, that's not between. Yeah, sorry. It was shown between episodes 10, and 11 in season two. Okay. Um, Do we know what it was originally supposed to be in season one? Where it is um, commonly referred to? I, I don't, was that never know. revealed? I don't think it ties together with anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just another. It's, it's another episode. That, okay. It's a very. When we get to it, it's a very strange episode, even by fringe standards. It's definitely somewhere in the run, the second half of season one, where, uh, they didn't need a plot moving episode and just needed something. Mm-hmm. That's where it would have fallen in, like somewhere around like midnight or unleashed, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. Would so be just my one of the, sort of the filler of episodes. Okay. yeah okay fair enough um do, 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 do. what else can we talk about this episode so we've gone over all the special features we wanted to talk about we've done favorite episodes we've done sort of general theming for the season um i don't know other than like what was your favorite fringe science for this uh season oh that's a pretty good one because that doesn't relate to really episode so yeah just like overall your favorite weird fringe yeah. science uh at least one of you two is gonna say the ghost network and i already know it uh, <laughs> well actually uh, no no um i think i liked oh that's this is a hard question it's, it's um, way harder than favorite episode uh, yeah i'm gonna say yeah. um, i liked unleashed with the chimeras and the different animals stuff I don't yeah. like where they went with it, with the weird <laughs> scorpion monster thing. I like I the like concept. The, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the French science behind Dreamscape, uh, where they have... Like, the mind linkage uh, between them? Yeah. Where or do you, you know, mean the mind linkage or the hallucinogenic no, frogs? Hallucinogenic frogs. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, liked, I, liked, I, liked, I really like that one, because it's... It, this this is one of those extensions where you're like, cool. They took it a, they took it a distance, but they didn't take it like. <laughs> yeah, I think that's their cleverest fringe stuff. Is yeah. where they it's just like a step beyond. It's it's not it's not like it's not a it's not a mile sprint beyond. It's 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 a walk down the street beyond. Sort yeah, of. it's either two uh, steps forward or like a step to the side. 
exactly. you can still see the original like scientific concept and it, yeah and it's and it's a really freaky thing because at the end of the day what they what they're saying is no this is your mind doing this like this is you know at the end of the day sure someone might have injected you with this but this is your problem now like this is your yeah. body doing this to you um yeah. which i thought was a really uh, cool sort of thing i really liked um the bad dreams one yeah the entire idea of the reverse empath yeah, the reverse empath was pretty fun. Oh yeah, that yeah. is a that is a cool just, concept. Just because there's so many episode. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many pop culture stuff where it's like, oh, she gets depressed because the people around her are sad, and like, oh, I can't be around people because I absorb their emotions. And it's like, no, 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 I can't be around people because if I get sad, everyone kills themselves. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a really cool. Like they just completely flipped a trope. And it worked out really well. And I really enjoyed that. Because it's also it also fits in the thing where it's like, yeah, he could be weaponized very easily. Yeah. yeah. And they, they took something as simple as reading emotions and made it into a weapon in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, either that or Ghost Network. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate All right. it. Um, I think that's everything we sort of want to talk about this episode. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you want us to talk more about season one, uh, send us an email. Send us or tweet us. <laughs> if we missed, if we missed anything, uh, yeah, send us an email. We'll either toss it in a future episode or uh, have have, a, have an entire <laughs> we, other episode. Well, no. What happens is if we ever do get messages, we can do a mailbag segment. Oh, yes. yeah. Where we can address that kind of stuff. Can we just do a mailbag episode anyways? And it's just us. What? With what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, we got nothing in the mailbag. We'll see you next time. And then that's the episode. We should, starting next season, we should just start doing mailbag segments. That's just us going, no messages this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because um, otherwise... Charlie's on outro duty. Am I? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say otherwise... Um, well, I guess I can do the outro. Thanks very much for watching and listening rather to this special season one recap episode of Four Seasons in a Funeral. Um, we really enjoyed watching special features. If you can get your hands on them uh, through legitimate means by buying a fringe DVD or Blu-ray or um, I'm sure they're out on YouTube. Actually, I know they're out on YouTube. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what happened to the to the DVD that you gifted me with all of those? Why did it? Uh, I, did, did I forget to mention I cursed it before I gave it to you? You really fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, so fucking cursed. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely watch them. Uh, Walter's notes were really interesting to read through. Um, even just having watched season one, they're an interesting read. But otherwise. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed doing it, I think, for once. Um, <laughs> and next episode will be a brand new episode for David. Yeah. As we will be delving into season two, episode one. And I hope we annoyed plenty of people by now. Our episode count will not be matching Fringe's episode <laughs> count at all. We'll be one off in, from now until, um, I think, unearthed, in which case it'll sync back up because it's an extra episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, email us at forsaf at gmail.com. Tweet us, tweet at us at forsaf. Um, tell your friends about us, tell your parents about us, tell your enemies about us. 
um, <laughs> hand out pamphlets on the street to random people. Give us free press. Um, I wouldn't mind doing an interview on Conan O'Brien. But only Conan. Um, only Conan. Conan's the only one I'll do. I'll only do Colbert. <laughs> I did. I'll take the run. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> Nick, Nick gets stuck with the Ellen show. <laughs> no, Nick gets stuck with um, the Late Late show. <laughs> Otherwise, outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.